you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Aguiloa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. What's going on, everybody? Year 4, episode 23 of Pat's Interference, your favorite college football podcast. Uh, a, a crazy week in college football, for sure. Uh, one that I know we'll never forget. Uh, I was in Atlanta for the SEC Championship game. More on that later. It was nuts. Uh, and, and really just the entire weekend was uh, was pretty wild. Looking forward uh, to awards season starting this week in Army-Navy. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll also review last week, like I said, uh, go over the Heisman picks uh, and who we think is going to win them. Uh, today, a little bit different than normal. Uh, Patrick Brickman could not be with us. He did send over some sound bites uh, that we'll get into. And actually, just a second, I want to kind of lead off the show with those. Um, but he is in New York City for the Heisman ceremony, uh, which is great. He's there on work. Uh, we miss him. We wish he was here, but unfortunately our schedules just did not match up this week. He had to get an early flight out this morning. I got in late last night. The week just kind of got away from us. Uh, but I will do my best, uh, to fill his shoes. It'll be kind of a shorter episode today. Just lack of games. Not really much to talk about. I think, uh, Brick and I both agree the Heisman's pretty much locked up. Um, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. Uh, so again, my name is Patrick Norwood. Uh, my co-host Patrick Bremen could not be here uh, today, but we really love doing this podcast. We thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on social media. We're at PI underscore podcast on Twitter, on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. And we're on patsinterference.com. Uh, that's our website. You can also email us at patsinterference at gmail.com. And hey, don't forgive, forget to give us an iTunes review. Give it, give us those five stars if you want. Uh, you know, let us know how we're doing or don't. We don't really care. We don't really do it for the reviews. But if you enjoy us, we'd love to know that. Uh, so without further ado, we're just going to go ahead. I'm going to really just tip the ball off uh, to Patrick and let him run with it for the next so oh, two and a half, three minutes. Uh, and while he's going, um, I'll kind of collect my thoughts and listen to what he says and respond to that. So without further ado, here's Patrick Brickman. What's up, everybody? Patrick Brickman joining you from the city that never sleeps, New York. I'm in New York City for the next couple days covering the Heisman ceremony. But before I talk Heisman, I want to go to last week. A um, couple great games, a couple good games. I remember on last week's podcast, I didn't think any of them were going to be particularly good. And that is a prediction that I could not have been more wrong about because obviously Alabama-Georgia was a legendary game. Oklahoma-Texas was um, entertaining in its own right. I'll start with that one because it was the early game. Uh, Oklahoma-Texas was a better game than Oklahoma-West Virginia. We all know how much I hated that game. Um, Strong showing from Oklahoma, uh, especially Kyler Murray. Uh, It was big for the Sooners, especially for their playoff um, uh, picture as we all know they're in now, but it was it was big for them to avenge their only loss, and I think ultimately that is the deciding factor of what got them in over Georgia, not even the fact that Georgia lost two games, but the fact that Oklahoma avenged their only loss um, on a neutral field. 
And even though it was close at times, Oklahoma was clearly the better team throughout. Uh, Kyler Murray has been really thrust into a situation where he has to almost score on every possession if they're going to do well. Defense came up with a couple big plays in that game, but um, I still feel like I would take last year's Oklahoma over this year's Oklahoma. That's no slight to Kyler Murray, and I'm not pumping up, pumping up Baker Mayfield by saying that. I'm saying that Oklahoma's defense this year is that much worse. That'd be an interesting question. I'd like to know what Norwood thinks. Who would win between last year's Oklahoma and this year's Oklahoma? I'll go to Alabama Ellis, not LSU, Alabama Georgia now. Um, my goodness. I'm sure Norwood's going to have more to say about it, and I'll actually not spend as much time on this because he was there and I was at UAB. Um, during that game, so, but I, I thought Alabama was going to blow them out. On the podcast, I think I had them winning by 20, 21 points, and Georgia, for the second straight year, came out and punched Alabama in the mouth. Um, it was a great game, from what I understand. I've watched most of it now. I've gone, gone back and watched it. I've especially seen the highlights multiple times, but what it told me is that Georgia's going to get one over Alabama soon. They're so much closer than I thought they were this year, obviously. And last year, I didn't expect them to do what they did last year. It's only a matter of time. Because they game plan for Alabama insanely well. And you can tell that this was the game they had circled. This is the game that they've been playing for. Um, maybe that had to, Maybe that led to them kind of sleepwalking on LSU a little bit earlier in the season. But you can tell that this game, they were ready for. They brought out stuff in that game that they hadn't done all season long. And credit to Jake Fromm. My God. My, I, he was going Steven Garcia on Alabama. He's he's better than he played so much better than I thought he was capable of playing in that game. My, that last touchdown to Riley Ridley that he threw was one of the best throws I've seen all season long. He's so good. Um, game that probably cost two of the Heisman. I'll get into that uh, when I come back here in a minute. But um, I guess I have to touch on Jalen Hurts too. Just incredible to see him do that. And I, I was. I don't remember what my take on on preseason was. I feel like I was teetering at one point after fan day to the point where I was kind of wanting him off the team as a distraction. And if I ever said that on this podcast, I owe that guy an apology. I profusely apologize to Jalen Hurts. You can see the way his teammates were celebrating, the way he was celebrating, the way Nick Saban felt about the game. That he, he even off the bench most of the year, how much he means to that program and that team. I mean, the the team voted him most, um, what was it, uh, inspirational player at their end-of-year awards. So he's firmly cemented his status in Alabama lore. He could never take another snap, and he's going to be one of the more beloved players, especially in the Nick Saban tenure, but possibly of all time. He's done so much, and happy to see that for him. I, mean, I know Norwood has so much more to He might have already said it. I don't know where he's editing this in, but... Um, you know, with that in mind, I'll be back with some Heisman talk here in a minute. All right, Brick, that was great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, this uh, Jalen Hurts solidified himself in Saban's, at, at least Saban's legacy uh, this weekend. What he went out there and did after the season that he had, uh, I know that I owe him an apology on this podcast because I was very hard on him after he was pretty critical of the way that the situation had been handled this week. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, – he will go down as probably one of my favorite Alabama players of all time. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I sound awful uh, saying this, but that would not have been the case had Saturday not happened. Um, but the heart that he showed 
uh, just the complete guts, selflessness, uh, every adjective you can think to throw his way, you should. Um, like I said, I was at the game in Atlanta. I was there with my brother, my uncle, and my dad. Uh, my brother and I didn't think there was any way Alabama was going to pull that game out. Uh, now, not saying we didn't think they'd get in the playoff. I thought they could keep it. If they kept it close, uh, then we would probably, you know, Alabama would probably still get in the playoff. Um, however, uh, as soon as Jalen ran out on the field, Rob, my brother, turned to me and said, he's going to win us this game. And I didn't believe him, and boy, I should have, because it was, I mean, it was a ride. The fake punt uh, by Georgia, big topic of discussion here. Kirby Smart did point out, hey, the guy was open. We just didn't snap it quick enough. Um, really interesting decision. I'll, I'll never fully understand the decision there. And I know there's the argument, well, if it works, he looks like a genius. Of course. But then you got to look at the flip side. If you're going to look at that, you've got to say, okay, but if it doesn't work, this looks terrible. And that's what happened. Uh, you have an opportunity to pin Alabama's backup quarterback, who I know it's an extenuating circumstance, but to pin the backup quarterback deep in his own territory, make him come, you know, say you kick it for another touchback because they had three or four touchbacks, which is very uncharacteristic for that special teams. Uh, but say you kick a touchback, he's still got to go, you know, what is that, 75 yards down the field? 75, 80 yards down the field? So it just, to me, it didn't make much sense. Uh, stuffed at midfield, and then I, I, I actually kind of started believing then that Alabama was going to pull it out, and they did. Um, and what was by far the most exciting game on Saturday. Um, I, I'll get to my I, – I didn't get Brick's thoughts on this um, because I kind of wanted him to focus on the Heisman. He's going to focus on the Heisman ceremony uh, more, and I'll focus on the playoff teams more um, in the selection committee. I, I do still – I see the argument for Georgia. Obviously, I don't think you can put them in, but I see the argument. I'll go into that in a little bit. Right now, I want to cover uh, some other games. Brick already talked about Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, Kyler Murray had a great game. Uh, his biggest game of the season by far. He had 379 yards. Um, I think added a pair of touchdowns onto that. Um, and, and really just looked dominant. Just looked absolutely dominant. Um, now, do I think that single-handedly won him the Heisman? No, but I, I think it definitely, yeah, he had three touchdowns. I think it definitely put him head and shoulders above Tua Tungavailoa, who struggled despite being injured, which is something not a lot of people are talking about, but still I think you got to give the nod to Kyler Murray. Um, Tua did just win the Walter Camp Award. Uh, the past five Heisman Trophy winners have won the Walter Camp, but I think that streak's going to be broken this year because uh, I do think it is Kyler Murray uh, all the way there. Texas had a great year. Um, Texas went into that game uh, four, ranked 14th. They're in a New Year's Six Bowl. I think if you would have asked any, uh, any fan in Austin uh, if they were in a New Year's Six Bowl, um, you know, before the season started, would they take those odds? And they said, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll take that season every single time. Um, tough to win a ball game when your quarterback's the uh, leading rusher and passer on your team. Yeah, that just makes it tough. That just makes it tough. Um, you know, Ellinger played great. Texas has got a lot to look forward to, but Oklahoma is just the better team, scoring 12 points uh, in the fourth quarter um, to go up and eventually win 39-27. So, you know, it's it's the whole thing. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games, and Kyler Murray made those plays. Um, moving on to the night games, Clemson slaughtered Pittsburgh. Trevor Lawrence with 118 yards. Travis Etienne really thought he should have been invited to New York for the Heisman. He wasn't. He had 156 yards. Uh, 
played a great game. He's really turned it on since the beginning of the season. Northwestern, Jade Stoner's sweetheart, gave Ohio State all they could handle for three quarters, and then it got world star hip-hop really, really fast uh, for that last quarter. Ohio State wins 45-24. Dwayne Haskins throws for 500 yards, 499, but I'll give him the extra yard. I'll go ahead and give him that. Uh, Ohio State also getting left out of the playoff. I think that's the right call. I I don't think they're one of the four best teams. Uh, Memphis uh, had UCF against the ropes for the second time in a season. UCF battles back and wins that one, um, much to the pleasure and joy of Mackenzie Milton and everybody in Orlando for sure. Um, For the second straight year, UCF is going to make a New Year's Six Bowl. They will play LSU. I think next week, Brick and I are going to break down all the bowls and review uh, the Army-Navy game. Uh, So now I'll turn it over to Brick uh, to let him talk about the Heisman, uh, and then I'll take it from there talking about the playoff. All right, I'm back here to talk the reason I'm actually in New York City right now, the Heisman ceremony. And before I kick this thing off, I got some bragging on myself to do. Every year we do our bold predictions, and I, I'm just going to come out and say it. I, I, I will never, ever, ever be more spot on about a preseason bold prediction ever again. If you listen to this podcast all the time, you might recall that my bold prediction was that Tua, Kyler Murray, and Dwayne Haskins were all going to take the country by storm, and they would all be in New York. Now, I didn't ever actually say that they would be the only New York uh, Heisman finalists there, but I did say that they would, the three of them would be in New York, and those are the three finalists that are going to be at the ceremony on Saturday. I, I, I'm just, you know, pretty much everything I say, you can take it to the bank at this point. That is, uh, I realized it about, ha- I remembered about halfway through the season that I'd said that, and each week... I was hoping that each quarterback would do well enough to to merit a New York berth. And, well, there we go. I said earlier um, when I was talking about Alabama-Georgia that I think that game cost two of the Heisman. And I I stand by that. I mean, obviously the Vegas favorites uh, is Kyler Murray. For the first time this season, two is not the favorite. That should tell you something. Usually Vegas is pretty spot on. Now ESPN calls it a coin flip. I don't think it's a coin flip. Kyler Murray won AP Player of the Year. I think he had 38 first-place votes to two as 13. Um, There are a couple things, actually a number of factors going against Tua where I don't feel confident in him winning it. I think Kyler Murray actually wins it pretty definitively. Um, It's not going to be like Mark Ingram barely winning it over Toby Gerhardt. I think think it'll be pretty definitive Kyler Murray, and here's why. Um, not, not only did he play, he was the first one of those three quarterbacks to play a bad game in the late half of the season. Um, cause he played it. There's no other way to slice it. He played poorly injury or no injury. He played poorly against Georgia. That's strike one. Um, strike two is the fact that there are voters out there that will only vote based on the stats. There are, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's a ton or if it's a little, but there are voters that will vote only on the stats. The guys that decide to do that, or ladies, are going to vote to a third. Two is going to get some third place votes coming up. I promise you that. I promise you that because people are going to go, well, Haskins has the best numbers uh, passing. Um, Kyler Murray's got the 700 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground. 
and Tua, they're just going to look at that. So he'll get some third-place votes in there. Um, and the, yeah, the third was the fact that, that the Vegas odds now don't have Tua as the favorite. And whether that's fair or not, I'll let other people decide. Um, this isn't a year where I th- if they vote Kyler Murray, I'm, I don't think they got it wrong. I'm going to be quite frank. I don't think they got it wrong. Um, if I had a vote, I don't have a vote. If I did, I don't know who I would vote for in, in my best conscience. Obviously, I would, as an Alabama alum, I'd like to see Tua win it, but and especially someone that's covered, covered the tide for the second half of the year, But and the reason I'm here in New York, but I don't think that's going to happen. If I was voting to the best of my conscience, I don't know who I would pick. It's a tough call. I think Kyler Murray absolutely deserves it if he does win it. Um, and... Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly how it goes. It'll go it will go to Kyler Murray, Tua Haskins, and maybe Etienne or someone later on after that. But um you wanted me to give you the Army Navy game. I guess I gotta put this on tape, don't I? I'm gonna go oh shoot. I, you know, I'll go Army. I'm gonna go Army this year because I almost actually Well, you know, I've got my my dad was in the Navy. My best friend Kyle. And Patrick Norwood knows him. He's in the Army. So who do I pick here? Well, I said Army first. I'll go with Army. I think it's Army's year. Um, and that's about it. All right. I'm going to go uh, enjoy a little bit more New York before i got to go cover this thing for the next two days. Uh, peace out. All right, Brick. Thanks a lot, man. Have fun in New York. Uh, that's That's a huge trip for you, man. It's been awesome to see uh, how your career has kind of taken off. Um, I, I know last year you're sitting in Panama City Beach just wondering where your career was headed. It's just awesome that you're out there right now. And, uh, you know, hope you get great footage. Remember to hit record and take the lens cap off of everything uh, and turn the mic on and all that fun jazz. Uh, all right, the playoff selection. I feel like this is the first – not the first. I, was, I, I will say that I think the committee got it mostly right. I understand you cannot put Georgia in this playoff. I'm not going to go on some Kirk Street type rant where I'm saying, oh, it's it's an absolute shame. Georgia deserved to be there. And I think they did, but you can't lose by 20 to LSU, turn around and say, okay, well, Ohio State shouldn't be in because they lost by 29 to Purdue. Okay, well, then what's the difference there? So you can't put Georgia in that playoff. I think everybody was very impressed with Georgia after the Alabama game, even though they lost. Jake Fromm looked like Brett Favre. I, I mean, they, they looked great, but you just cannot put them in that playoff, even though I think they're one of the four best teams. That sets the wrong precedent, and I think for years to come, uh, people would look back and say, oh, well, why is, you know, because obviously the team you leave out, in my opinion, is Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame could beat Alabama, Clemson. They definitely wouldn't beat Oklahoma. I don't think they'd beat Ohio State. They definitely wouldn't beat Georgia. I mean, they're trickling down that list. Truly. I truly believe that. So, you know, I I, I understand it drives me up a wall that Notre Dame uh, does not play a conference championship. And it's not even the fact, because a lot of people say, okay, well, Alabama didn't play in a conference championship last year and still made it to the playoff and ended up winning the damn thing. Yeah, you're right. Alabama also plays in a conference that is a slaughterhouse. They play in the best division in college football. Notre Dame doesn't even play in a division. So there's no argument there. So it, it drives me up a wall. I wish the committee, one thing I, I wish they would have done, is put Oklahoma ahead of Notre Dame. 
Just punish Notre Dame as much as you possibly can for not playing in a conference and go from there. Uh, other than that, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a fun playoff. It really is. Alabama taking on Oklahoma in Miami. Uh, elected to play in Miami. You obviously don't want to play Oklahoma in Dallas where they have been dominant all season. Uh, and then you've got uh, Clemson and Notre Dame playing in Dallas, which is going to be hilarious watching those two fan bases travel to Dallas. I don't know why, but there's just some visual in my head uh, of Notre Dame fans and Clemson fans wearing cowboy hats. If you haven't seen the picture of Dabo Sweeney and a uh, cowboy hat, you absolutely should. Uh, it was one of the highlights of uh, my weekend this weekend, uh, even being in Atlanta for that great game. Uh, so, yeah, the committee got it right. If if I had to make a prediction right now, what's going to happen in the playoff? I, 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 I'm going to give the nod to Alabama in the sense or in the event that Tua Tungavailoa comes back from injury and doesn't look hobbled because that's a huge part of this injury. And Jalen Hurts just went through it for Alabama earlier in the year. And we saw how he played on Saturday. He's completely fine now. But he has had a month and a half. Tua is getting 26, 27 days roughly. Um, now everybody's saying he's on pace. He's doing great in his rehab. It's a day-to-day thing. They're hoping he gets to practice. Uh, but they were all saying that about uh, they were all saying that about Jalen Hurts uh, a month ago as well, um, saying that you know he was the guy who was who was doing fine and post-op everything was great. Um, and that just kind of wasn't the case. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Oklahoma's defense is absolutely atrocious. Brick asked me the question in his little bit. Do I think last year's Oklahoma team would beat this year's? Absolutely. They would blow them out of the water. It wouldn't be close. I think last year's Oklahoma team would have won by 17. And honestly, I think last year's, uh, Oklahoma team would have beaten Alabama last year. I really do. I told Brick that I said it on the podcast. I said, if Alabama plays Oklahoma, it will not go well for Alabama. Now, obviously, that's before we realized Tua was Tua. So that may have had a little bit of a different, you know, I may have sung a different tune um, had Tua been the quarterback and I knew what he was capable of. However, uh, you know, it's that's kind of it is what it is. And like I said, I would take last year's Oklahoma team over this year's Oklahoma team. Their defense this year is atrocious. They rank last in a multitude of categories. Um, the Clemson-Notre Dame game, I don't think it's going to be close. I think Clemson's going to mop up. And I think we're headed for round four of Clemson-Alabama. Uh, and honestly, I'm for it. You know, I know a lot of people get really wary of, oh, these two teams keep playing each other. These two teams keep playing each other. I'm for it. Built, that's how you build a rivalry. And I, I'm not going to say that Alabama and Clemson are a budding rivalry or anything like that, but as far as the national stage is concerned, if you walk around to 10 people and say, who are the top three programs in the country, two of those three are going to be Alabama and Clemson. Period. So, you know, I think that's going to be much better for ratings. I think uh, any championship involving Notre Dame is going to be a disaster. And I think a Notre Dame-Oklahoma championship would be one of the least-watched national championships in history. Um, I I really have that little faith in Notre Dame. Um, I think they may be the sixth or seventh best team in the country, if that. Um, Now, they've got an opportunity to prove me wrong in Dallas uh, December 29th, but I just don't see that happening. Uh, Other things going on in college football this week, you had the award show 
bunch of players winning awards. I'm going to wait and go over that with Brick next week. want to get his thoughts, uh, and I'm saving a piece of it for my sound off. It won't be very long, I promise. Uh, Notre Dame fans, if you're listening, this is not your episode. I'll just go ahead and tease it with that. Uh, this weekend, one of the greatest traditions and the best rivalry in sports. I don't want to hear uh carolina duke i don't want to hear auburn alabama i don't want to hear michigan ohio state i don't want to hear red sox yankees because i think it's a joke uh baseball rivalries i i don't think even come close to comparing with college football rivalries sorry everyone who's a baseball fan i'm a big baseball fan but they play three or four times and there's okay you throw at a guy and then we've got a fight for 10 minutes and everybody blows it out of the water whatever anyway Army-Navy is one of the greatest sporting events in the world. Uh, I love the triple option, as most of you know if you've listened to this podcast. This year's is going to be bad. Uh, Army won last year, and it was a close game, and and this year could be a close game, but I think Army's really going to take it to them this year. Army's only lost two games, y'all. That's it. Navy's three and nine. Uh, You know, (laughs) the passing numbers go to Army. The rushing numbers go to Army. Uh, the receiving yards obviously go to Army. It's it's just um, the team's stats. Navy's uh, scoring, let's see. Uh, yeah, they're running the ball on average 288 to Army's 303. Um, they're scoring 25 points a game or 26.3 points a game. Uh, I think if I did my math right, to 30.8. Um, they're allowing 34 points a game. Army's allowing 18 points per game. Army's given some teams some real headaches this year too. And I'm, I'm not talking your, oh yeah, well they, you know, they beat the crap out of Air Force. No, 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 no. Uh, Army has, and actually they only beat Air Force by three now that I'm looking at it. Um, Army (laughs) came seven away from beating, uh, Oklahoma back in, Late September, they had to go to overtime. Army took one of your playoff teams to overtime. Okay, Navy, very much opposite. Now, Army did get mopped up by some bad teams this year. Um, they got beat by Duke, um, 34-14. And then, actually, I, I'm sorry, they're 9-2. Their only other loss is Oklahoma. So, they've had a great year. Um, I really, I, I've got most of my money on Army. Um, mainly, I'm just looking to see in the game in Philadelphia um it's always great to see i can't wait to watch it it's a nice send-off to the college football season um i will not be able to watch the heisman trophy presentation on saturday unfortunately i've got the uh durham bulls christmas party that i will be attending with the lovely jade stoner uh but i will be watching it pretty much every two minutes on my phone um like i said i think it's kyler murray's to lose he's he's deserving of it i think both guys are very deserving of it uh but i i think it's kyler murray's to lose at this point um and and i i just don't see a situation in which they don't give it to him uh as they should he's had a whale of a year he's a great player um he's very athletic but i do want to read an interesting stat we haven't done pat stats in a while and i'm sorry for that but as the season's kind of winded down interesting statistics and things like that have kind of just gone to the wayside um and honestly i've I've gotten a little bit busier um so it's hard to kind of comb through and find the best ones but this one was interesting and had i done pat stats this week this is something that i would have put out for sure snaps played by heisman finalists this season so your your finalists as patrick Brittman told you uh before week one and now you know dwayne haskins at ohio state has played a thousand and nine snaps 
Kyler Murray at Oklahoma has played 807 snaps. Tua Tungavailoa at Alabama has played 588. 588. Imagine if he had 220 more snaps, what Tua would have done this season. I don't even think it would be close. I think it would be the biggest blowout in Heisman history for Tua. But that's not what happened. He was injured. He was banged up for a good portion of the season. He did not play a great game on Saturday. He was injured, which I think a lot of people aren't taking into account. But, hey, how many times do we have to say this? Brick and I say this all the time. People are slaves to the moment when it comes to college football, and especially when it comes to individual awards. What have you done for me lately? And Kyler Murray's done a ton lately, and Tua's been pretty quiet lately. Other than the Iron Bowl, Tua hasn't played great. He's played, well, that's not true. He's played very well. He has not played to the standard of Kyler Murray in the past month. Other than the LSU game and the Iron Bowl, there's been nothing. The Citadel, you can't really count that. Okay. Mississippi State, he looked not great. That was his worst game of the season until Saturday. But, you know, people are a slave to the moment. I think if it really was a season-long award and people really looked at the whole season, I think it would be Tua's. Uh, but I, I think it's Kyler Murray all the way. Uh, looks like, I, I think I'm around the 30-minute mark now in this podcast. I haven't accounted for Brick's time but I think I'm going to hit this around 30 minutes on the nose, which is pretty nice. I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me. I'm sorry. Usually I've got my partner in crime here to break up the monotony a little bit, but he's not here. He's doing things in New York, but my sound off this week. All right. Brian Kelly won his third Home Depot Coach of the Year award. Nick Saban has won. Explain the logic to me there. To a guy who has never won a national championship, he has never won a conference championship, and yet we've named him Coach of the Year three times. Three times! You've got a guy like Nick Saban who has gone and won back-to-back championships, who put a freshman in the national championship game at halftime and ended up winning it in overtime. You've got a guy who convinced someone who should have transferred. There's no one in their right mind that thinks Jalen Hurts should have stayed at Alabama this season for the full season, and he did. Nick Saban got him there. As much as we want to say, oh, no, that was Jalen's decision, that was Jalen's decision, and it very well could have been, and in the end it probably was, who do you think convinced him to stay? This guy has had, uh, this will be his, let's see, third, fourth season in a row with at most one loss, at most and yet he is not Coach of the Year. I know it sounds like a weird thing to tee off on because, oh, Notre Dame was so bad, and now they bounce back, and now they're in the playoffs. So what? They had to beat Ball State by eight. They barely scraped by Vanderbilt uh, because they got lucky, by the way, because Vanderbilt couldn't come down with a catch. It's like people forget that Notre Dame has completely crapped the bed all season consistently, and yet the coach of that team goes and wins the Coach of the Year award. It's it's mind-boggling. For the third time! For the third time he wins it. I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I, I think Notre Dame football is one of the worst things in college football right now. Just because they don't play in a conference, they're constantly privileged and put on a pedestal because of things that happened in the 80s. Notre Dame is to college football that the USSR was to 1980s politics. Great, powerful in the 80s, 
now the only reason they matter is because of how great and powerful they were in the 80s. That's my sound off. I'll probably listen to this and get pissed off at myself and say that I sounded stupid, but that's how I feel right now in the moment. I'm just angry. I'm just angry. I, I don't think I, – I, I know we say all the time, well, Nick Saban's the greatest coach to ever live, and I agree. I think he's the greatest college football coach to ever live. I was a big Bear Bryant is better than Saban guy for a long time last year. I said I can't say that anymore. I just can't. But we're only going to give him coach of the year once. Whatever. I, that's fine. That's fine. Bigger fish to fry, I reckon. Uh, we'll see what they say after Nick Saban uh, goes potentially goes to another national championship. Because at, at worst, they're getting bounced out of the playoffs at the same spot. At worst. I would give Notre Dame about a 10% chance to beat Clemson right now. And that's that's dwindling as the days go by. But then again, Notre Dame hasn't had to play in, what, three weeks now? Two weeks now? So maybe not, because they got all that time off. Thanks for listening to Pat's Interference. Sorry I got a little heated there. Uh, sorry Brick was not with us. Um, you know, he'll be back next week. I, I know earlier this year we said that was going to be the last time that that happened, but things happen. Our schedules are just crazy. Um, so so please don't blame him. Please stop all of your hate mail. Um, again, you can find us on Twitter at PI underscore podcast on Facebook at Pat's interference. That's P A T apostrophe S interference. Go to our website at Pat's interference.com. Email us at Pat's interference at gmail.com. Leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars, four stars, three stars, two stars. Don't give us one star. That's just petty. Y'all know it. Uh, and thank you so much for listening for your number one podcast in the Vatican city. So long. Talk to you next time.